presence of the Lord this morning. Pastor Joe and Pastor Nancy and their family are not with us this morning. Please pray for them to be strong and healthy. Hopefully they will be back next week. But my name is Lauren Sienski. I am one of the pastors here on staff. And I am honored to be able to share the word with you this morning. It is one of my greatest honors of my life to be able to serve this church, to be able to work alongside of Pastor Joe and Pastor Nancy and the other elders and deacons in our leadership team. Apart from that, I'm also a wife and a mom. My husband is not here right now. He's a part of first service. But Andrew, he's an elder here. He is my husband. We've been married for almost 11 years, and we have four beautiful children. We are blessed and highly favored by the Lord. Amen? Amen. I believe that the Lord has put a word in my heart for this church this morning. And I was, as I was preparing to preach it to you, I wanted to make sure that I share my heart with you before I get into the word. Because I love this church. The elders of this church love this church. I love every person, every precious disciple that calls MPI their home church. So my heart for you as a leader and as an elder is that you truly know Jesus, is that you truly encounter Jesus in your everyday life, that you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in everything that you do, that you hear his voice, that you experience him in your marriage, on your jobs, in your schools, or wherever else you go. My desire for you is that you have a fruitful life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's so easy for us to come into this building and worship Jesus with these four walls. It's easy to live for Jesus on Sunday when there's only brothers and sisters around you. But our job as elders and as pastors is to equip you to not only stay here, but what do you do when you go out there? We are called to teach you how to handle situations beyond this church. We are not the ones that go with you when you go out there. You're going to have to face situations but there is one that goes with you, and it's the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. He is your helper. He is your comforter. He is your best friend, and he will lead you along paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen? Amen. We want you to be able to discern the times, to be careful where you place your feet how you lead your life. We are not playing make-believe church. This is real life. We believe in a heaven and a hell, and we believe that those who do not know Jesus will go to hell. And we want to equip you in a way to go preach the gospel, but also to live a life worthy of the call that you have received as a disciple. It is time for disciples in this church to grow up. Can you say grow up? Grow up. It is time to grow up in the things of God. Can you turn with me to Hebrews 5, 12 through 14? This is going to be my opening passage today. And the author of Hebrews 
has a word for us. It says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, say the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. The author of Hebrews is bringing a, rebu a rebuke to us. And he is saying, we're going to make it personal. He is saying, there are some people in this room very, right now in Metro Praise International that ought to be teachers by now, but you've been stuck suckling the bottle of milk. The Bible's saying you're still an infant and you should be eating solid food by now. There are some people in this room that are in 201 that ought to be deacons by now. There are some deacons that ought to be elders. There are some 101ers that ought to be in 201. And there are some people in this room that ought to be in discipleship, period. Come on, we are a discipleship church. We love discipleship. And I want you to remember as I preach to you today that I love you. I love you. I want the best for you. I want the best for your families, for your marriages and everything that comes in between. But I believe that the Lord put this word on my heart because from every person that may be just a visitor in this place or a person that just started discipleship all the way to an elders, we, it is time to go to another level. It is time to grow up. Come on, mature Christians make mature marriages. Mature Christians make mature employees. Mature Christians, you can put it into any context that, make, that fits your life. Mature Christians make mature students. Whatever it fits your life, it is time to be mature. Come on, our job is to rebuke, correct, encourage. And the point of it is because you will stand before the Lord one day. And my desire, as much as I want to hear it for myself, as much as I want my children to hear it, as much as I want my husband to hear it, I want you to hear when you stand before Jesus on that day, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on, there's some people in this room that are playing games with God, that are playing with sin, and there's a warning to you today that if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. I want you to receive the warning this morning under the power of the Holy Spirit. If anything that I say goes into your heart and convicts you by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that you will not let your pride get in the way, that you will not let your excuses get in the way. But today will be the day that you set aside everything and make things right with Jesus once and for all. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. There is no promise that next week I will be standing here or that you will be sitting there. Things happen in life suddenly. You do not have time to play games with God. Today is the day to get right. Come on, discipleship works for people that want discipleship. You have to want it. You get out what you put into it. 
It worked in my life. I was not always a person that can stand on this stage with a microphone with integrity. I didn't have integrity. It took me a while to get to where I am right now. I first came to this church as a pregnant girl, became a single mom, but I had a desire in my heart to truly change my life. I had seen enough. I had done enough evil. I didn't want that anymore. I truly wanted what God had for me. So it's time to grow up, church. The first thing I want to see every disciple in our church grow up in is growing up in an overcoming sin. Sin is not a game. Sin will destroy you. And I praise God for his mercy and for his forgiveness, but we are called to live lives of holiness unto the Lord. Christ became our one-time sacrifice. Christ became sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God. That is not a joke. In him, you are righteous. In him, you are holy. If you are here this morning and you have been living in repetitious sin in a way that you cannot get out of, my encouragement to you is cut it off at the root. My encouragement to you is to do whatever you need to do to get away from that sin and to never go back because sin is deceiving. It is pleasurable only for a moment, but it will always lead you to destruction. There's a quote that says, sin will take you further than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and cost you more than you wanted to pay. And I have seen this in my life. When I was five years old, I lost my mom to cancer. And thankfully, up to that point, my parents had raised me in church. My dad sent me to a Christian school, which was probably the best decision that he could have done for me. It kept me out of a lot of trouble, even though I still chose trouble. It still kept me grounded. There was a lot of awesome men and women of God there. I got filled with the Holy Spirit in about fourth or fifth grade. But I was still hurt. I wanted my mom. I was hurt. I began to look for love in different places. And throughout those years of my life looking for love, I would still come back to the church. And I became known as the backslider. That was my nickname. Every time I would come back and I would really experience Jesus, it wasn't, it wasn't a joke. I really would experience Jesus every time that I came back. But I would know that people would say because they would tell me, I wonder how long you'll stay this time. But they were right. They were right. Sometimes it was a few weeks. Sometimes it was months. But I would go back. I would go back to my sin. And every time that I did, I went deeper than I did before. It cost me more than I thought that I would ever have to pay. It took me to places that I should have never been. It took me around people I should have never met. And it made me do things that I told myself I would never do that. Sin is not a joke. If you're leaving the door open just a little bit, I want to tell you that's just a foothold that the devil needs to bust that thing right open. Choose to close that door today. Amen? Amen. Each of us will be tempted. We know that. None of us are above temptation. 
But 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will always provide a way out so you can stand up under it. You do not have to give in to temptation. There are two sources places that our temptation comes from. We know that as we live in this body of death, our flesh, we will always have evil desires coming from them. And the other way is outside forces, the devil, right? Sometimes people want to blame the devil for everything that they do. Sometimes it's not the devil, it's, it's us. We choose to do those things. It's our own flesh, our own evil desires that tempt us and entice us and drag us away. But can you turn with me, please, to Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 26. I first want to talk about the temptation that comes from the flesh. We've all feel it. We all know it. We've all dealt with it. But there is a way to overcome it. Amen? I don't know if you believe that. Do you believe that there's a way to overcome the temptation that comes from the evil desires of your flesh? Come on. Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 26, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do whatever you want. Because if you do whatever you want, you're going to be on a path to destruction. Come on, the Holy Spirit is good to us to send us uh, as our helper to convict us of sin so that we don't just have to be people of instinct like animals. I do whatever I feel. Whatever I feel, I just go towards it. You are a woman or a man of God. You are not an animal. You can say no to your flesh. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Come on, say obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those acts of the flesh are obvious, and they have no place in the life of a person that says, I am a Christian. The first one on this list is sexual immorality. And I just want to tell people in this room today that if you are sleeping with somebody that is not your husband or your wife, you need to cut that thing off as fast as you can and get right with Jesus today. Come on. Come on, there's a butt in there. Let's go to the, the, the butt. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Come on, there is no law stopping you from getting the fruit of the Spirit. And every time you deal with a temptation from the flesh, there is a fruit to match it and help you win over that temptation. It doesn't matter which one on that list you are dealing with. There is a fruit of the Spirit that you could develop in your life as you walk with Jesus that will help you say no to sin and yes to righteousness. Hallelujah. There have been too many scandals in the church. 
adultery, running wild, pastors falling into sin left and right, unbiblical divorce, drunkenness, pedophilia. I mean, we can name it over and over again. We have seen the junk in the church. And we don't want that in this church. If you are in sin, we will gently restore you. But it is no way to continue living as a Christian. There's an example of a person that we, if, if you would have asked me before he died, if he was a man of God, I would have said, oh yeah, awesome man of God. So knowledgeable with the things of God. Can debate Muslims and win and, and do awesome things. His name was Ravi Zacharias. Wrote so many books. I would have encouraged you to listen to his material. I would have encouraged you, listen to his podcasts, read his books, learn how to debate, learn how to study his stuff so that you can be more like him. He's awesome. But do you know when he died, the, the truth came out? Because knowledge alone it will only puff you up. You need the character with the knowledge. It is a both and type of deal. We teach you to study in this church. We teach you how to preach the gospel on the streets. We teach you to, to listen to the Bible, to study, to show yourself approved, right? That's what the Bible commands us to do. We love that. But we want your character to line up with your knowledge. Knowledge alone is not going to get you into heaven. You have to have a character that will keep you. Come on, we have to stay in step with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. There's another way that we have temptation. So one, it comes from our flesh. We stay in step with the Spirit. We have the fruit of the Spirit. We don't have to fall into sin. And the other one is a de the devil. And he's a sneaky snake, ain't he? He's a liar. He's been lying from the beginning. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. And his only aim in this world is to steal, kill, and destroy you. I want you to turn with me, please, to Ephesians 6. I want to talk about a way that you can have victory over that devil. In Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the, evil, the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all of this, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. You want to, to beat the devil every single time? This is your sword to cut off his head. 
Hallelujah. Come on. We have not been left without any type of, of protection. God is faithful. With the armor, we have righteousness, truth, salvation, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, faith, and the word of God. You will win every single time. It's time to grow up in your fight against sin. Praise God. The next thing I want to see the disciples of this church grow up in is in your thought life. Each one of us have about 50,000 thoughts that go through our mind every single day. Your thought life will determine your real life. So a man thinketh, thinketh so he is. If you do not learn to guard your mind and guard your heart, you, your thoughts will become your enemy. Has anybody ever experienced some crazy thoughts in their mind? You have power over your thoughts. Our mind is not our brain. It's a part of our soul, so it is a spiritual thing. You have the ability to choose what you're going to listen to. Are you going to tune in to what the devil has to say about you, to the radio station of hell, or are you going to tune in to what Jesus has to say? It is your choice. You have the power. And even right now, if I wanted to, I can listen to what the devil is saying. And I know you can too. He would tell me all kinds of lies about myself. He would tell you all kinds of lies about yourself. But I don't have to tune in to Devil FM. Amen? I can tune into Jesus FM. <laughs> Come on, I know that there are people in this church and just in, in life in general, that are more prone to anxiety, more prone to worry, more of a pessimistic outlook on life than optimistic. And I just want to encourage you, when I went through my time of fighting cancer, I had to fight to keep the peace in my mind. It is a battle of the mind. It would have been so natural for me to go into a place of depression. It would have felt so good to go into a place of despair, to feel sorry for myself, to begin to question God. It would have felt so good to my flesh. But I began to take my thoughts captive. I began to say, you know what? I've been reading this Bible for so many years. How about it's about time that I put it into practice and see if it works? And let me tell you something, when I was sick in my bed and I wanted to feel all of those things, as I took those thoughts captive and made them bow before Jesus, I had peace like a river and I have peace that, that, that consumed my mind and my heart in Christ Jesus. It works every single time. There are some times I have Thoughts that go through my mind and I literally take them out of my mind and I throw them on the ground. You should try it. I really, I, I have to take it and sometimes I, I shake them out of my head like that. I wouldn't encourage you to do that when you're around people. You might look a little crazy. <laughs> but it does work. Shake that thing right out of there. That's not staying there. That's not godly. That's not of Jesus. You turn to Philippians 4, 4 through 9 for me. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Come on, that's a command. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received and heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. Amen. When you start to think about yourself incorrectly or you start to go down this road in your mind, you need to start putting it to the test of that list right there. Is what I'm thinking true? And if it's true, go to the next one. Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? If you cannot say yes to every single thing on that list, it's time to take it on your mind and make it bow before Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. The Bible tells us rejoice in the Lord. How do I win the battle of the mind? You rejoice in the Lord. You're gentle. You're not anxious. You pray with thanksgiving. And I have to tell you, thanksgiving is a gift. Thanksgiving is a tool that God has given to you. It is a perspective shifter. When I was sick in my bed, like I said, I, was, I would have tears coming down my eyes because chemo just hurts your body everywhere. And I remember just sitting there thinking, I'm just going to thank God. God, thank you for this blanket. Thank you for this pillow. Thank you for my children. Thank you for this house. They, I began to thank him for things that I wouldn't normally thank him for. And I began to feel those things break off of me and the peace of God come. Thanksgiving is a gift to you. Use it. Let the peace of God guard your heart and your mind. Only think about what is excellent and praiseworthy and put into practice the faith of your leaders and you will win the battle of the mind. You don't have to believe or act every thought, act on every thought that comes into your mind. Many of the sin issues that we were talking about before, they began with a thought. There are a thought that you don't take captive, and then it turns into an action. The Bible promises in the book of Isaiah that God will keep your mind in perfect peace if you keep your mind on him. And the Bible also commands us the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. When you are busy loving the Lord with your mind, you will not have time for junk to come up in there. Come on, we're going to grow up in this place. We're going to grow up in, in getting over sin, in defeating sin, overcoming sin in our life. We're going to grow up in our thought life. And we're going to grow up in our devotion to Jesus. This one incorporates the other two. Because if you love Jesus, you obey his commands. If you love Jesus, reading your Bible will not be a chore to you. If you love Jesus, praying, talking to him will not feel like a burden you have to fall in love with Jesus. 
It's so time to grow up in your devotional lives. If I were to ask, and I know I've asked people before, but if I were to ask people in this room and say, how's your devotional life? If the answer back to me is it could be better, then you're not in a very good place. As Christians, our devotional life should be on fire. We have every opportunity in this country, things at our fingertips, resources all over the place, and yet we are the most lazy and complacent when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. We have sisters and brothers around the world laying down their lives, memorizing, memorizing sheets, pages at a time because they know that this will be taken from them when they're arrested, but they want to keep it in their heart. And yet us say hey, we might pick it up here and there. Come on, it's time to grow up in your devotional life. I pray that if you feel convicted by the Holy Spirit, remember we love you. We all want to go to a new level in Jesus' name. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, 12, that the word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You need to be reading your Bible. You cannot read this Bible and remain the same. Sometimes people tell me they have attitude problems or different things they're going through. Oh, I spend time with Jesus, but it's not working. No, I'm telling you, you must be doing something wrong because every time that I get into the presence of God, every time that I read this thing, something changes in my life. I can't remain the same. Come on, it's time to look into the mirror and take inventory of your own life. Where can you grow up in? Where do you need to grow up? Daryl, if you can come to the piano, if you could turn with me to Psalm 19, 7 through 14. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. You know what it feels like on a hot summer day when you are just outside all day and you go home and you take a cool shower. It's so refreshing. That same feeling is what this Bible is for your soul. It is what the laws of the Lord is for your soul. It is a sprinkling of the Holy Spirit. It is a refreshing to your heart and your soul. Do not neglect his word. His law is perfect. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Come on, you can trust in what this Bible says, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord, they're right giving joy to the heart. Does anybody need joy in this place? Come on, it's found right here. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from a honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock 
and my redeemer. I want the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be pleasing to Jesus. Meditate on his word. Meditate on the things of God. If you can turn to Hebrews 11:6, actually Psalm 119, 9 through 11. This has an answer for us right now. In a world that we're living in today where sex sells and you see disgusting things all over the place, how can a young person stay pure? How is it possible in 2022 to stay pure when every time I look a different way, there's like a soft pornography somewhere? How do I stay pure with the stuff that's on TV? How do I stay pure with a cell phone in my hand that can, to, can look up anything at any time? How do I stay pure? The Bible says it's by living according to the word of God. You could put yourself in there. It doesn't have to be young person, old person, man, woman, whoever you are. You live pure by living according to the word of God. Hebrews 11:6. The Bible says, and without faith, this is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Are you earnestly seeking Jesus? Come on, that's a question for yourself this morning, for you to, or afternoon, for you to answer for yourself. Are you earnestly seeking him? Are you going after him? Are you talking to him? Are you reading your Bible? Do you want to please him in everything that you do? Can I have the band and the altar workers come, please? Come on, it's time to grow up. Grow up in overcoming sin. Grow up in your thought life. Grow up in your devotion to Jesus. If you can put up two, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. The Bible says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to your goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. It is time to grow up because if you possess 
these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not do them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. I don't want it to be said of the disciples of Metro Praise that you are nearsighted and you are blind. It is time to grow up in the things of God. Let go of your sin. Let go of the wicked things of this world and take part in what the God has for you in this life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to start opening up these altars for anybody. If you have been dealing with sin, see, sometimes we say hidden sin, but listen, there is no hidden sin. God's eyes are everywhere. He sees everything. There is no hidden sin in this place. You might be able to hide from your pastors, your wives, your husbands, whoever it is, but you cannot hide from the Holy Spirit. He goes with you. If you are dealing with sin, you cannot overcome it. It's a cycle. If you are dealing with negative thoughts, you're not able to take them captive, and they've been ruining your times, taking over your mind, and if you have not had a devotional life that is on fire, Come on, there's some leaders in this place that need to repent for that one too. If you have not been having a devotional life that is on fire for Jesus, these altars are open for you as the band starts to sing and play. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, you are worthy, Jesus. Worthy of every praise we could ever bring. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just worship Jesus in this place. We live for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, the name above every other name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. We want to be on fire for you, God. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We want to grow we up in the things you. of God. Hallelujah, Jesus.